We are all apprentices in a craft where no one ever becomes a master. Ernest Hemingway Chapter 1 Welcome to day 2,555 of my existence in an environment where sunlight is a myth and darkness governs the entire universe. Unless you've spent seven agonizing years of your life in a 9 by 12 cell, it's impossible for you to appreciate the measure of my adversity. The hell I sustain on a routine basis will mean nothing to you. Just stories you watch in the news or flip through in a paper while sipping your overpriced coffee and munching on an everything bagel. As you casually wake up during the taxi ride to work, I'm here, exhausted from watching my back every minute of the day, because there is a legitimate chance my next breath could be my last. During these last few years I've endeavored to preserve my balance on the microscopic line between reality and ghastly fiction. I've done more soul-searching than a preacher on Sunday morning, and just can't uncover any shred of evidence that points to evil lurking somewhere in the dark yawning crevices of my being. I want to believe there is good inside of me, that it would be unthinkable for me to harm anyone. Despite the horrendous storyline buried within my past, I would never purposefully wrong another human being. It's essential that someone believe that, even if that someone is just me. My two appeals were pristine sacrifices to the gods of futility. They denied my request for another trial rather quickly and efficiently. Many accused me of being an animal who deserved to rot in prison until the appointed date of my execution, which, consequently, has yet to be determined. I've served my time in the general population with the expectation that I will ultimately transfer to death row. It's all very strange. None of it makes any sense to me, and so far no one has been able to offer a reasonable explanation. Most days I have no idea how I'll survive another setting of the sun or the full circle of both hands around the clock. No one visits me. I have no family, no friends. Occasionally, in the middle of the night, the cooling breeze from the shores of Seal Bay gently caresses my face. I can almost taste the salt inside my mouth. I hear the waves crashing as they ebb and flow with the ever-changing tide. I feel the change in temperature as twilight surrenders to the approaching darkness. The smile on my face quickly disappears when I open my eyes and see the identical concrete wall I've stared at for seven years. I'm waiting for a new cellmate. My previous one, Javier, was stabbed to death in the yard yesterday. Gangs rule the prison. If you don't join one, you're taking a chance that one day someone will walk up from behind and stick a shiv into your back. I was encouraged to embrace the lifestyle and secure my protection. I never did because I don't trust anyone. What's worse, I no longer have confidence in my lawyers. The people who apparently failed to defend my innocence during the trial and were helpless to convince a jury to have faith in my integrity as a human being. Any day now, I expect a call from the warden's office with news about a vacancy on death row, complete with my name and reservation. I'm not sure which is worse. I know they hunger for my execution, but won't inform me of the date and time. Or waging war against an onslaught of lingering doubts within myself as to the validity of my innocence. To be completely honest, it sucks. 
All I desire are answers to the many questions I always seem to be asking. I need someone to come in here and give it to me straight. The mind games are going to kill me long before electricity or some unknown substance courses through my veins. Or I could end up like poor Javier and get shanked to death while guards in the towers look the other way. They are more corrupt than most of the inmates. It's difficult to discern between who to trust and which ones are nested comfortably in the pockets of several gangs. Bledsoe, front and center. Officer Roddick's voice rudely broke into the stillness of my thoughts. He rattled his nightstick along the bars to hasten my response. Yeah, boss, I'm up. Benjamin Roddick stood outside my cell wearing a smile. He was a large man, towering somewhere over six feet, with shoulders broad enough to effortlessly accommodate a small foreign car and a beard that screamed crab-boat captain from the show Deadliest Catch. His biceps pulled tightly against the blue shirt of his uniform, threatening to rip the short sleeves. I could only assume he was at one time either a chunk out of the Rocky Mountains 